So guys, um, I feel like I haven't talked to you guys in a while. It's been a, it's been a minute since I've been able to do this. Um, I'm so, I'm so uh, excited to be able to talk to you guys, but also I'm also excited that this place um, isn't dependent on one person, that this is a, a thing that God's doing. And he's working in the hearts and the minds of, of lots of different leaders here. And uh, as, as things progress this year, uh, I hope that you get a lot of different uh, people um, who are bringing God's word to you. So tonight, we're going to talk about the seven I am's according to the book of John. Now, last week, Derek brought this, this series to an opener, and he talked about the big I am statement. He talked about how Jesus claims his deity. Somebody tell me what the word deity means, because it's a high-end theological word. Does anybody know what the word deity means? Divine being? It just means God, really. It, it, it's, 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 he says, I am, which means I am God. That's what, he's, that's what he's saying there. But there's some other statements in this where Jesus kind of tells us who he is. And I'm of the mind that it, when Jesus says, this is who I am, we should listen to him. Now, here's the crazy thing is, there's a lot of people who have a lot of opinions on who Jesus was. Did you know that other world religions have a, um, they have an understanding of who Jesus was? You know, even like non-Christians know some of the words of Jesus, and they, they, they think that they know who Jesus is because of that. What if you guys, from, from your people in your world, not maybe from you, but when you go to school, who do people think that Jesus is in your school? And you can raise your hand and just talk to me right now. Go ahead. He was a prophet. Yes. In fact, a lot of the world religions see him as a prophet. Um, in Islam, he's viewed as a prophet. That's right. Go ahead. Way, way there in the back. Tiffany. A god? Yeah, a god? Like, there's multiple ones, but he was just one of them. Yeah, okay. Go ahead. He's a cuss word. They, 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 they say his name in vain, and they use it that way. That's true. That's true. Go ahead. A nice guy, right? A really, really, really nice guy. It's, it, I always think it's funny when people, like, see Jesus as this, like, super nice hippie that walks around and says, guys, 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 can we just, like, tolerate each other? You know? And, and when you actually read what Jesus said, you're like, man, this dude was a radical, no wonder, no wonder the government didn't like this guy, you know? He, he says some pretty intense things. That's what he does. Oh, look at this. I think I'm going to be able to do it. Yes, I am going to be able to do it. Um, so I think it's important for us to get to the heart of who Jesus says he is. So we're going to look at the seven I am statements. John, which is a gospel, which is where Jesus' life is recorded, has seven points where Jesus says, I am something. And we're going to look at those tonight. First one is this. I am the bread of, well, there it is. I am the bread of life. I can control it now, so you don't have to do that anymore. I got it. It's letting me do it. Um, what do you guys think that means? I am the bread of life. You want to tell me? Go ahead. The food of life. It's exactly right. It's what he's saying. That was their main food source was bread. Bread was super, super important. That's why you get all of these metaphors, illustrations, stories about bread. Now, here's the crazy thing is, 2,000 years after Jesus walked the planet, it's hard to find something that's better than fresh bread, okay? It really is. 
That's why America is so fat, because bread is so good, okay? And you guys, some of you guys are like, I don't, I, don't, I don't just eat bread. No, you know, you eat, you eat, you eat um, burritos. But, oh, what's on the outside? Flour. What's that? That's bread, okay? You know, some of you guys are like, you know, I'll have a piece of cake. That's bread, you know? All of these things, like, we have two things that we love more than anything in America. We love cheese and we, have, we love bread, you know? And if Jesus came today, he'd still talk about bread, but he would probably have some metaphors about cheese, too, because, because that would mean something to us. Back then, he says, this is what I am. I am the bread, not just the bread, I am the bread of of life. What the heck does that mean? What does that mean? I am the bread of life. Go ahead. I can't hear you guys talk up. Yes, exactly right. In the same way that bread, anybody here ever been hungry? Everyone raise their hand. Okay, someone who didn't raise their hand, I want you just to jab them right here because they're not paying attention, okay? Um, all right, just, just give them a good jabbing right there. All right, here's the thing is, when you're hungry, you got to do something, right? Fill your belly with something. That keeps you going for a little bit, of, a, a little ways. That's what bread is. Jesus is the sustainer of life. Ooh, that's good. That's good. All right, what are, what are some other of the I am statements? I am the light, here we go again, of the world. So we had bread of life, now we have light of the world. Another metaphor. What the heck is light of the world mean? Somebody raise your hand. Tell me what you guys think about what light of the world means. Go ahead. He allows the world, light lets us see, right? You know, right now, in this room, we kind of we dim the lights out there so it's not so distracting. We put the light up here. Why? Because we want everyone's focus to go where the light goes. It's, 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 it's not just like a production thing. It's like, ooh, it looks cooler this way. No, this is, this is where we want attention, so this is where we put light. And light shows what is. It gives us a guiding thing, right? What other things does light do? Does anybody know? Go ahead. Tiffany, way in the back. It's a source. Yes, it is a source. That's exactly right. Go ahead. It brightens the room, right? Go ahead. It lets us see. That's exactly right. It grows plants. That's right. Yes, yes. Uh, we'll get into the science lesson later, but you're exactly right. Go ahead. What, go ahead. Yeah. It reveals. Now, hold on. Everyone put your hands down. Ladies, when you get ready in the morning, first of all, everybody, every. Every lady knows exactly what I'm talking about right here, right? You want a little bit of light or you want a lot of light? A lot of, okay, a lot of light. Exactly right. Dudes, dudes are like, I don't need much light. Yeah, because you don't get it, okay? You don't get it. Because when you're trying to make this look more presentable, you want to know what's actually there, okay? It shows you what's going on. What sleep did you that night, Okay? What, 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 like, and you guys can see, like, I got a piece sticking up right here. That's because that's what sleep did to me. I couldn't, there's no gel that will keep this part down today. That's just part of it. You have to have light. And that's why your bathroom oftentimes has the most lights in the house. Because this is where you want everything exposed so that when you walk into places that aren't so lit, you look pretty good, right? You look pretty good. It exposes what's there. Now, is a light always a nice thing? Is it always kind to us? Some lady's like, no. <laughs> nah, uh-uh. 
No, sometimes it shows us the, the rotten parts of us too, right? Ah, oh, man, right? Uh, yeah, guys, light exposes, exposes what's there. So when Jesus says, I'm the light of the world, he's exposing us, he's showing us, he's guiding us, but he's also trying to show us what, what really is. So it's a way of saying I'm truth, okay? What's the next I am statement? I am the door. I am the door, okay? Somebody tell me what a door is. Some of you guys are like, I know this one. I don't know a lot of Bible questions, but I know this one, okay? Okay, go ahead. What's a door? It's an opening. Is it always an opening? Sometimes it closes, okay? All right, that's good. Go ahead. You can go through it, and it takes you to where? Somewhere else, right? So a door is a place here, and then there's a place here, and the door does what? It takes you from one to the other. Now, if the door is closed, is it easy to get from one place to the other? If the door is open, is it easier to get to that place? You guys are good. There's some smart kids in this room, okay? Some of you guys are talented and gifted. You guys figure these things out what the door is. All right. All right. So he doesn't say the door of life, but that's, that's still a metaphor. Jesus isn't saying like, hey, guys, we're playing red light, green light, and tonight I'm the door, okay? No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, he's saying I am the door of life. I am the door of What does that mean? What's he the door of? What's the, what's the two places? You're close, you're close. Where? Earth and heaven. Ooh. So, G, so you have to pass through Jesus to get to heaven. Somebody say amen. Amen. Now, we talked about this in discipleship this week, and a lot of people, they don't like that Jesus is the only door. They think there's lots of doors. Yeah, you're right, there is lots of doors. But you walk through some of those other doors, you ain't in some, some sketchy spots, okay? You're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just checking the doors right now. Yeah, yeah, you end up in an alley somewhere, you're like, I walked through the wrong door. But the door that Jesus is leads us to better things, leads us to the way everlasting. Yes, in order for us to get from this place to the next place, we got we to have Jesus. Who's, who's that door? All right? All right, what do you guys think the fourth one is? Anybody, anybody think? Anybody know? Think it's another, another metaphor? Yeah, it's probably going to be another metaphor. Here we go. I am the good shepherd, okay? Now, whereas we all understand what bread is, and we all understand what light is, and we also understand what a door is, not every single one of us has a deep understanding of what a shepherd is. But somebody here who maybe does, um, what's, what, what are those things called uh, uh, at the fairs? They have the, no, what is it? 4-H, yeah, yeah, 4-H. Did you say that before and I said no? Okay. You must have said it weird. You know, that must have been what it was. It was, uh, you said it like forch. And I'm like, I don't know what a forch is. Is it like, is that like a fork in the road on a porch? You know, forch. Um, anyway, so 4-H, yes. Somebody here who does 4-H or has a cousin who does 4-H or maybe has had, or maybe been to the county fair at some point. Tell me what a shepherd is. What is a shepherd? Go ahead. Who herds sheep, okay? Anybody ever seen a sheep? Yeah. Raise your hand. If you, okay, again, if, if somebody didn't you raise your hand next, you jam them because, again, they're not paying attention right now. Has anybody here ever owned a sheep? Do we have any sheep owners? Okay, we do. Marietta was a shepherd at one point. Here we go. All right, that's awesome. Marietta, are sheep smart or dumb? They're very stupid. They're very stupid. They're very stupid. <laughs> that's exactly right. 
So there's this, there's this awesome, awesome video that's turned into a meme, and it's perfect. It's totally perfect. There's this good shepherd, and he's, he's, it's a real shepherd, not like a spiritual shepherd, but a good shepherd. And his sheep has gotten stuck in this really narrow ditch, okay? You guys know exactly. Some of you guys are like, this is a good one. Listen to this one, you know? Uh, it's a really narrow deep, and, and they're pulling, and they're pulling, and they're pulling, and they finally pop this sucker out of the, the hole, right? And he's so hyped. He's like, yeah, yeah, and he jumps right back into the ditch, okay? Right back into the ditch, and which the good shepherd goes back in and gets him, okay? That's, that's, that's what it, we're talking about. Who are the sheep? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of you guys were like us. Uh, some of you are like everybody else. I'm not a sheep. <laughs> Get away from me. I'm not following the, I'm not doing what everyone else is doing. Yeah. Jesus is the one who takes care of us. A shepherd is a protector. A shepherd is a guide. A shepherd helps us when we are, say it with me, stupid. Say stupid. Yes. And if you have not acknowledged that you are in fact, when it comes to God and spirituality, stupid, maybe you haven't gotten to that next spot. I, I, when, I, when I went through Bible college, I thought I was going to get all the answers. What I, what I ended with was more questions than answers. You know, when we're next to the good shepherd, there's a humbling that happens. And we realize how desperate we are for God to lead us to that next place. Okay. He is the good shepherd. We are the bad sheep. All right? Everyone say bad sheep. Some of you guys are really good at that. Okay, okay, see, this is what I'm talking about. I gave you one opportunity, you keep going with it. Okay, that's stupid, all right? All right, here we go. Next one is, I am, another metaphor, the true vine. I am the true vine. Okay, so now we, 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 we talk to our animal lovers. Let's talk to our, our plant lovers, okay? Anybody here grow plants? Hopefully legal ones, okay? Uh, um, Someone's like, yeah, I got, one in my, I got one in my closet. I don't want to hear about it, okay? I was a bad kid too. I know what that is. So don't, don't, we're not, don't bring that here, not to church. Um, all right. Somebody tell me what a vine is. Somebody in this place who knows about plants, tell me what a vine is. Go ahead. Humpty Dumpty was on a wall. So you're, 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 you're what, what, there could have been vines. Do vines have to be on walls? No. no. They could. Okay, so wall, maybe not the best description, but keep going. They're kind of, the, you know what they do. You, you can do it with your hands, right? Like this, this is, everyone, everyone understands that this is a vine, right? Okay. Somebody else, give me, give me a little bit better definition. Uh, a vine. Go ahead. There's many paths on a vine. Okay. All right. But if we're talking about the main vine or the true vine, what are we talking about here? Go ahead. Fruit bearing lamb. Oh, I thought you said lamb. I'm like now we're crossing metaphors here, okay? I'm like, I'm like thinking about a magical sheep that's pooping out apples. <laughs> Apple, you know. Um, I lost you guys. Some of you guys are gonna, some of you guys are gonna be thinking about that for the rest of the night. I'm sorry about that. All right, come on, somebody give me something about a vine. This is not a very rich vine community. Go ahead. That's right. Here, here, here's why, why, what we talk about when we talk about the vine. When you cut a piece off of the vine, 
what happens to that piece? It dies. It dies. So ladies, if you've ever gotten a flower from somebody, that is, that is a conquering hero who killed something on your behalf, okay? All right? You thought it was sweeter than that, but the guy is just, look, look, beauty, I've destroyed it. Now you have it till it dies. Watch it die slowly. But my love for you will go on and on. But if it dies slowly, then, I, then, then you know, anyway, that stuff, right? All right? So let's get back into this. Let's get back into this. What are we supposed to do with the vine if we're the branches on the vine? What are we supposed to do? Go ahead. What's that? Nourishment, right? Nourishment comes through the vine. So Jesus is saying, I'm the true vine. And in one place he says, I am the vine, and this is it. You are the branches. So it's up to us to stay connected to what? The vine. Yes, so that, that's what's going on here. Stay connected to Jesus. Because the second you stop being connected to Jesus, guess what happens? You wither. You, you become unhealthy. And eventually, yeah, it, it leads to spiritual death. Some of you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. You've had friends. You know, they went to camp. They got all stoked. And then they disconnected from the vine. And you watch, you know, not at first. It seemed like they were still there. But over time, that, that, that faith has now withered and it's, it's no longer there. Stay connected to the vine. I'm always skeptical of Christians who look at me and say, you know, I don't, I don't need to go to church. That's like, Jesus calls the church his bride, you know. And if you came to me and were like, hey, TJ, you're cool, but I don't really like your bride. <laughs> I'd be like, those are fighting words, you know. Um, but here's the point, guys, is, is we, we come here to be connected. We come here to be connected to the vine, which isn't church. It's just an avenue towards it, but it is Jesus. So when we come and we worship, that's us connecting ourselves to the vine. All right, we got two more here. Does anybody know which one of, where we're going to go with this? What do you think? What do you guys think? Literal? We're going into literal? Okay, you are, you, you're, you're right. I am the resurrection and the life. Ah, uh, come on. That's right. Okay, okay. Now, here's the funny thing about this, is when he uttered this, his disciples were thought he was being metaphorical. They, they, they thought, they really did, because they're like, oh, he's doing the vine thing. He's doing the door thing. He's doing the light thing again. I am the resurrection. That doesn't happen. But he was like transitioning from metaphor to like really saying something here. Because before he even raised from the dead, guess what Jesus said? I am the resurrection and the life. I'm not going to stay dead. You can't kill me that way. And his disciples were like, eh, no one really raises from the dead. That doesn't really happen. Oh, Jesus just raised somebody from the dead. Well, you know, he raised somebody else from the dead. But could he raise himself from the dead? I am the resurrection and life. That's what Jesus said over and over again. He said, hey, I'm going to go. I'm going to die on the cross. Three days later, I'm going to raise from the dead. Guess what happened when he died? His disciples were all super, super sad. Why? Because they didn't believe him when he said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. A God who can resurrect himself can surely resurrect you. Some of you guys walk around as, as if this life is all there is. You know, years ago, probably like seven years ago, the big word of the day, and maybe some of you guys who are Older students, our seniors, remembering back to when you were sixth graders. Back when I was a sixth grader, there was a phrase that was going on. 
and it was YOLO. Okay, some of you guys, some of you guys remember YOLO? Here we go. Here we go. You only live once. You know what Jesus says to that? Wrong. Wrong. I am the resurrection and the life. I prove that you, you, could, you, you don't only live once. And he says to us that in our, our sin we were dead, but he can raise us to new life. That, we, that when he goes, he makes a place for us so that death, even if we may experience it, there will be a resurrection for us. Do you guys get that? I think that's one of the hardest things for us to believe, right? We can come here. And we can worship and we can say, God is good, God is good. We can take our Bible, we can read it, all this stuff. But the hardest thing for us to have faith in is that after this world is over and death has, that, that, that there will be a resurrection for us, that there will be a place for us, that there's another place. But here's the thing is, if you're going to believe Jesus on the other things, the easier things, shouldn't you believe Jesus on the most important thing when he looks at us and says, guess what? I have made eternity for you. I have made a way for you. I am the resurrection and the life. And guess what that means? I can give you resurrection and life. This is why when Christians, when we have somebody die in front of us who knows Jesus, if you go to those funerals, it's oftentimes a true celebration. You know, we call funerals all celebrations of life, but some of us know that when you go to, you go to funerals for people who do not believe in an afterlife, who do not do have faith, it's never a celebration. It's always a really, really, really sad event. There was this guy who, I, who modeled this. His name was Richard Winters, and, and he was like an elder at the very first church that I got to be at. And sometimes he would get up there and he'd get to teach. But it was obvious that he, you know, he was getting older, and he had a disease that was going to take his life. And um, the doctors, a couple times, you know, his, his wife, he would, he would die. And the doctors would come in, and they'd bring him back to life. And when he would, you know be able to talk, he'd look at his wife and go, why did you bring me back to life? And some of you guys are like, this is, this is, a, this is a suicidal individual. This is a, sad, this is a sad person. Nothing was more further than the truth. He had hope and eternity past this world. There's nothing in him that wanted to go back to that old broken body. He didn't want that. He wanted what Jesus offered, which is the resurrection and the life. And he, and, that, and, and he had so much joy in his funeral. I remember I got to go to it. I'm like, these people were laughing. They were telling stories. They absolutely loved this guy. There was this amazing, life-giving testimony to it. That's what I want. Okay? You guys heard it here first. Here's my will for if I die, right? I want it to be a stinking party. Okay? And, and, and you know how I'm a, I'm a storyteller? I don't, I, don't, I don't need to be eulogized. Just come up and tell your favorite story about me. That's all I want, okay? That's it. And know this, that if that were to ever happen, you will hear this. You will hear, maybe somebody will tell you, you know, like, you know, TJ died. Don't believe it. Because Jesus doesn't believe it, and TJ doesn't believe it. I'm walking through that door, and I'm, maybe I'm not here anymore, but I believe what Jesus said is true. I am the resurrection and the life. And wherever I go, I'm in a better place than I was here. Do not believe in the death that somebody tells you about, especially for those who believe in Jesus. I am the resurrection and life. If you want that tonight, you're going to have an opportunity to respond to that resurrection life. But before we do that, let's cover one more. One more. And you're going to have to push the button because I don't have it. Whoever's back there. Maybe it's the Holy Spirit. Push the button. It's not working? 
what happened here? What happened here? Well, I know what it is, but I wanted it to show up up there. Do you guys know what it is? It's, the big, it's one of the biggest ones. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Let me say it again. I'm the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except for me. Does Jesus say there's multiple ways? Does he say that he's a prophet in any way? Does he, does he say that, that there's other truths besides himself? No, he claims truth is himself. He identifies as truth. What, what, what's going on? What verse is it? I don't know because it's on here. It's in John, but it's, it's somewhere there. What is that? 14.6. Thank you, John 14.6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Guys, people will lie to you. Good-hearted people will lie to you. They'll say that there's plenty of truth out there. That you, you can actually just own truth. You can have your own truth. People will say that. Why? Because it feels good. The problem is it, it's not true. There is hard truth in life. There is capital T truth in this world. How do I know this? Because that's the way nature existed. Right? Your truth could be that you, you are lighter than a feather. That could be your truth. You could tell me, I, I don't identify as my actual weight that I step on the scale and say that I am. That says that I'm, I, don't actually, I actually identify as a feather weight, like literally a feather. Now you can, you can say that to as many people, but if I took you to the top of a 10-story building and I said, hey, remember your truth? Let's test that thing out right now. You might not be like so excited to identify in that moment as your truth because there's actual truth. And we don't make up the truth. We are not the truth maker-uppers. The one who made us owns the truth. The one who made the cosmos owns the truth. The one, the one we, we can get our telescopes out and we can look super far out there and we can see what's going on and we can observe it and we can do all this stuff. The one who spoke that into existence owns the science that created all of that. All we can do as people is observe it. Even our creations are just combinations of things that God has given us. There is no element that we've been able to just poof into the, into the world. We haven't been able to do that. Truth exists outside of us, and we experience truth as we walk around. The one who created you owns your soul. You will never be greater than the one who created you. That's why the one who created you is worthy of worship. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. Guys, there is hard realities, and here is one of them. There is no truth theologically, from my understanding and my reading of the scriptures and my confirmation by the Holy Spirit, there's no truth out there that will get you to heaven outside of Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And so for us to experience what that means to walk in the resurrection of life, to walk in the light, to, for Jesus to let us go through the door, to be ultimately connected to the vine, for us to do that, we have to, at some point in our life, choose Jesus some of you guys, you walked in here tonight because you're like, man, I'm just checking something out. But God had a plan for you for this night to be the night where he finally catches up with you. And he says to you, 
in the most true way possible. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And what you need to do is respond to that. Some of you guys, it's going to take a great deal of humility. Because you, you, you think you got it all figured out. But if you, were to ask, if you were to actually ask yourself and you were to honor and you were to answer honestly, you'd understand that I don't have anything figured out. And so tonight, you need to respond to this truth. And tonight, God ordained it. Not TJ, not, not my sermon, but God ordained it to be your rebirthday. And so you need to make a decision in this moment to say yes to Jesus for the very first time. And so what I want to do right now, you heard from Jesus about who he said he is. This is the gospel of who Jesus is. If you want to start a relationship with that God that leads to eternal life, the way you start the relationship with God is the way you start a relationship with anybody else. You just start talking to them. And so I want to give you an opportunity to do that. I want to create like a private moment. So I want everyone here to close your eyes, bow your heads. The only person looking up is going to be me. So if I can see anybody eyeballs, I know that you're cheating, right? If you want to respond to that gospel, if you want to say yes to Jesus, if you want to connect yourself to the vine, if you want to walk through that door, if you want to be in the resurrection and the light, and you want ultimately for God to be the way, for him to be the truth and him be the life for you, this is the prayer you pray to introduce yourself to Jesus. God, I know that I'm broken. I sin all the time. You know my sins. Jesus, I ask to be forgiven. I ask for the cross to count for me. I ask for you to be my shepherd, to be my light, to be the door, to be the way, the truth, and the life. And God, in this moment, I ask that you would save me. God, I claim eternity for myself. I stake my claim in heaven now. And I thank you, Jesus, for rescuing me. Now, if, everyone keep your eyes closed and your head bowed, if tonight you prayed that prayer for the first time, if you said yes to Jesus based on the I am statements that he's made in his scripture, what I want you to do is just put your hand up in the air just so I know and I can pray for you and make, make a, it's kind of dark in here so you're gonna have to put it high up there. No one's looking except for me. Yes, yes. Keep them up there. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, you can put your hands down. Now, if you... Have you said yes to Jesus, but you need a re-up, you need to reconnect, you need to repent. This is a prayer of that. God, I, I repent of my sins. You know those things I've been doing that I don't want anybody else to know about. I repent of them. I ask you to take them from me. Renew your forgiveness to me. Not that I have to ask for it, but God, I still want it. God, I recommit my life to you, and I ask you in this moment, 
be my savior, to be my Lord, to be my God. God, I acknowledge that you are there, that you are here, and you will be there for me. I love you, Jesus. If you prayed a prayer of recommitment, go ahead and put your hand in the air so I can see it and I can pray for you. Get them up there. Yep, that's pretty much everybody in this room. Yep, God, thank you so much. Praise God. All right, you guys can put your hands down. God, I thank you. You made tonight your night. You claim some souls for yourself in this room. And God, may it never get old to us. May we never get complacent. May we never, ever take it for granted what you do for us. And Jesus, we praise you for your work. We love what you do. It's in your name we pray. Amen.